And when you say to somebody else, it's okay for you to help me because if you help me with these things, then I can spend my time doing what I started my business for and what I'm really good at. And then you're able to help people. And so if you look at it from that way, by you doing all the tasks yourself, you're really doing a disservice to your community because you're not helping as many people as you could be. Oh, I wish I had more tasks on my plate and no one to help me do it. Said nobody, ever. The truth is, most of us wish we could find ways to shorten our to-do list so we can focus on doing the things that make our eyes shine. If that's you, keep listening. Welcome to another episode of Hungry Women at Work, the podcast and community to help you thrive at work without losing your soul. I'm Navila Malloy, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. Many years ago, I worked in magazine publishing, and it just landed my first promotion as editor of a popular custom magazine, where I led a small team of creatives. Because I had always been the workhorse in my other jobs, I actually had no idea how to delegate. But more than that, I was so bent on doing things perfectly and on not failing that I ended up doing so many of other people's tasks. Sound familiar? Soon I was clocking 60-hour weeks, but the sad thing was, it wasn't helping me get my workout any faster. One day my publisher called me in and told me that I needed to learn to delegate to my team so that I could focus on the things that I was hired to do, the things that I alone could do best. The other option, she said, was burnout, or failure, or both. Admittedly, it took me a while to fully take on board her advice, but the lessons learned in the process have stayed with me to this day. Small business owners and solopreneurs often lament about how we wish we didn't spend so much time on admin, on doing those things with no names that take up so much of our time the things that block us from doing what we actually set out to do. I think the same counts for many stay-at-home moms and those with lots of family obligations. Today's guest is all about helping you get your time back by taking the mundane tasks off your plate. Michelle Thompson heads up Awesome Outsourcing, a virtual administration agency, and she's the host of the podcast Automate to Dominate. Michelle has an incredible personal story, that's now grown into an inspired business story. Perhaps you're a digital Luddite like some of us. Perhaps you're on the verge of burnout because you're convinced nobody can do the tasks quite as well as you can. Michelle's story will challenge you to shift the way you're thinking about how you're doing a task and how to automate for greater efficiency. Take a listen. Hello, Michelle, and welcome to Hungry Women at Work. So great having you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Michelle, you have quite an incredible story. And just recently, I was introduced to your podcast, Automate to Dominate. And I think the comment that really grabbed me and stood out for me, and there were many, but this one was where you said, I went from a successful MBA in finance to a second grade IQ level overnight. Yeah. Tell us a bit more about your story uh, for those who haven't yet listened to your podcast. 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was currently working at a uh, project controls engineer for a construction company, and we were at the end of a 10-hour shift, which was normal. We did four 10s. And I was just getting ready to shut off the computer, and all of a sudden, I couldn't see half the computer screen. And I went, what in the world? I thought my computer malfunctioned. And so I turned to look, and the black spot on the computer screen followed me to the wall. And I went, well, that's not good. <laughs> so I turned to my coworkers, and I was like, guys, I can't see. And, you know, we, we had a great time working. So uh, they're like, haha, really funny, you know. And I'm like, no, seriously, I really can't see. So called 911, went to the emergency room, and um, we didn't actually find it the first uh the first time I went, but uh, six months later, uh, figured out that I had uh, had a stroke, and um, it left me with enough uh, permanent brain damage that I literally went from having my MBA in finance to a second grade IQ level uh, that was permanent. I'm uh, not able to to get any of that back. Now, so much there. I mean, your life story is a podcast episode on its own, but I know we're going to speak about a bit more, but apart from the fact, I mean, a stroke is serious enough, but you had yours at the age of 36 and in a high end job. So just it, it rocked your world quite radically, um, not just in terms of the IQ, but just in terms of basic tasks, as you mentioned in, in your first episode. Um, how, how did you navigate the world from, one level of dexterity and skill to now starting from scratch. How was that journey for you? Yeah, honestly, I'd love to tell you it was a nice smooth transition, um, <laughs> but it definitely was not. No way. Um, I went through a, a very, very dark period because I had been, in my eyes, uh, relatively successful and, you know, working my way up the corporate ladder and my job was my identity. And so I had pretty much lost all of it overnight. And uh, I got to a point where um, literally I was, uh, what we found out the reason why I was 36 and had the stroke is um, here I have an underlying health condition uh, that about 2% of the world's population has. Uh, so it's very rare. Um, it's called uh, uh, homozygous factor five. And the homozygous oh. is the important part because that means that I actually got it from both parents. <laughs> Lucky me. No. Um, so basically what that means is um, in the olden days, they used to call it sticky blood syndrome. Uh, so basically my vein thinks that it's constantly cut. And so it's trying to heal a cut. Uh, so it's constantly trying to put a scab inside of my vein, um, which is a blood clot, right? And so uh, at any point in time, I have lots of blood clots uh, floating around in my body. And that day, one happened to uh, shake loose and go up to my brainstem. And, and that's what happened. And that's why at 36, I had it. Uh, so it's kind of an anomaly. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I... Um, for a while there, if I can just be completely transparent, um, I literally was, had just gotten done at the neurologist and he said, Michelle, it's not a matter of if you have another stroke, it's a matter of when. And the second time you might not be so lucky. Whoa. So you need to get your will, your power of attorney um, and all your, your financial documents straight because, you know, you, you basically need to plan your funeral. And Whoa. 
Yeah. And uh, that didn't go over real well. <laughs> no, no ways. So I decided, um, you know what, there is no way that I'm going to have somebody else have to take care of me the rest of my life because I'm a vegetable. Because the positive side would be if I had another stroke, it would kill me versus just being a vegetable. And so I decided I was going to kill myself. Very honest. Um, so I was driving home from that appointment and I was literally about to drive my car off a cliff because I figured, okay, this is, this is a good way to go because I'm too chicken to actually like kill myself. <laughs> but if I drive the car <laughs> off the cliff, I'm not going to hurt anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a really good chance that I'm not going to make it. <laughs> there, was a, there was a lot of unselfishness and, and cognitive reasoning behind that option. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, which, is, which is kind of hilarious, right? Because you're like, um, you know, you, you would think, you know, when you're thinking like that, nothing's straight. Yeah. Right. But um, literally, I there was this path in the road and I was about 10 minutes from it. And my car uh, started ringing my phone call, my, my phone ring. And so just automatically, I hit the Bluetooth and picked it up. And here it was my primary care doctor. And she's like, hey, Michelle, she's like, I know life has been really, really hard for you. So I'm just calling to check on you and see how you're doing. And I just started laughing. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Please tell yeah. me that woman is the best friend in your life right now because she right? literally... <laughs> wow. Yeah, every year I send her a Christmas card that says, thank you for saving my life. Wow. And, um. It's so funny because I just, I just started laughing and she's like, why are you laughing? And I said, well, because I'm literally about to go drive my car off a cliff. Oh. And her reaction was so perfect. Like she didn't freak out. She didn't try to like talk me out of it. She's like, okay. She's like, well, you know, things have been pretty rough and you can always drive your car off a cliff tomorrow. So why don't you come in and talk to me? And if you <laughs> want to drive your car off a cliff tomorrow, then you can. And for whatever reason that got through, <laughs> I was like, okay, that's reasonable, right? Like, you know, somehow killing myself might be, you know, reasonable. And um, so I went in to her office. I drove straight to her office and she didn't try to like put me in a psych ward or anything like that. She's just like, Michelle, She's like, anybody who went through what you've been through would want to kill themselves. This is very normal. Wow. And I went, huh, okay. Didn't really expect that. She's like, look, she's like, we can get through this, but you've got to work with me. And I was like, okay. So she ended up calling my best friend. Um, and Michael called me and he's like, hey, can we meet at Starbucks? And I was like, why? And <laughs> the you know, this is a very random request, right? <laughs> Just, hey, you want to go to Starbucks? And uh, I was like, okay, but why? And now remember, I've had a stroke. So um, my speech is slurred. I'm dragging my right side. I can hardly walk. Like, I don't look or sound at all like I sound like today. I was having seizures pretty frequently. So I did not go out in public. So he's asking me to go to Starbucks, which is like really public. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, I'm like, okay. So we get there. I'm sitting there with my latte and he's like, he's like, well, he's like a little birdie told me that, you know, you were, you were thinking about ending it all. And so I just wanted to say goodbye. And I wanted, wanted you to know that we're going to miss you. And uh, I know. Right. That's and, brave. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, really? He's like, yeah. He's like, He's like, I got to tell you, he's like, I get it. He's like, I, he's like, if I were in your spot, I'd want to be there. I'd, I'd want to do that too. He's like, but there's a lot of people that are going to miss you, Michelle. And he's like, 
you know, could we just, you know, go on one more hike before you decide to do this? Just give me two weeks and, and let's just go on one more hike and go camping. And then, you know, it'll give me a chance to say goodbye. And I was like, all right, that's fair. Okay. <laughs> right? So, I don't, like, I'm so, so we did, we went hiking and we went camping and he, he drug me to this store called REI, um, which uh, is, it's like a camping store here in the United States. And so okay. we're like setting up tents in the middle of the store and we're like, and like, he's like a complete goofball. And if you know anything about, um, I'm five, two and Michael's like six, four. <laughs> so it's like, uh, Mutt and Jeff, right. Which yeah. I think that's a United States yep. term, but it's like, you know, just completely I know, I know. opposites. Right. Yeah. And so there's like huge, enormous six foot four man is crawling around on the floor in the camping store, helping me put up this tent. And he was doing it all because he was trying to get me excited about something. Oh, and it wow. worked. It worked. So after two weeks, um, and the cool part was, was that he didn't try to change me. I could have a seizure in front of him and he didn't freak out. He didn't try to call the ambulance. He didn't like, he's just like, okay, let's deal with it. Right. So wow. he taught me that I could go out in public. And as long as I could, um, you know, protect myself with other people, they would protect me when I had a seizure. Mm. And so I thought, okay, well, maybe I can start to go out into public again. And, you know, and he would talk for me because I couldn't talk. Yeah. I would tell him what I want and then he'd order at the counter for me. Uh, Cause it would come out a little, a little bit like this. And so but seriously, so um, I was like, okay, all right. So my doctor called and she's like, Hey, she's like, I think we can do a little bit better. She's like, let's send you to physical therapy and occupational therapy. And I went, all right, let's try it. Right <laughs> now, my neurologist has told me this is permanent brain damage. You're not going to get any better. He's like, I know you're 36, but he's like, we will do this, but just don't have high hopes. He's like, I don't want you to get super upset when nothing changes. So I said, all right. So we're like three months into therapy and literally nothing has changed. And I am like, pissed i sorry I, can i, use I that would, word yeah totally <laughs> with what you've been through you can use whatever words you want <laughs> <laughs> thank you um so i was just like that's it this is oh, this man. sucks i don't want to do this anymore and for whatever reason my physical therapist like had it that day and she sat me down and she's like michelle she's like you can be pissed at the world for the rest of your life or you can actually figure out a reason to live well, and I went, Ooh, okay. All right. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, I've just seen you be mad for three months. And she's like, you are still alive. You are still here. You still have something to offer the world. So either buck up or get out. And I was Ouch. like, okay. But you know what? It was exactly what I needed to hear. And so I was like, well, how, and of course, you know, I'm still mad. So I'm like, well, how do you expect me to do that? My life yeah. is a disaster. Right. And she's like, well, if you would listen to me and stop fighting me, we can use automation to automate the majority of your life. And I went, okay, what? Okay. <laughs> you had and, me at order what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she's like, she's like, Michelle, she's like, you don't understand how lucky you are. If you would have been born 50 years ago, there'd be nothing I could do. But because of the internet and because of the technology that we have today, you can live a pretty normal life. So stop feeling so bad for yourself. And I went, 
okay. Ouch. And so we did. Yeah, it was, but it was exactly what I needed to hear. And, um, and so over the next year, she taught me how to automate everything. And, and so I live in a super controlled environment now. Um, I, I literally, to this day, don't remember to brush my teeth. I don't remember if I turn an oven on. I don't remember when to let the dog out. Like simple, stu- simple human things that we normally do, I need reminded. And so I have a Google Mini. I have to be careful because it'll turn on <laughs> uh, inside of every room in my house. And it reminds me, okay, Michelle, it's time to drink water and take your medicine. Okay, Michelle, it's time to go eat. Okay, Michelle, check and see if the dog has to go to the bathroom. Uh, And so it literally automates every single thing in my life. And we got really good at it to the point where my everyday life is pretty much set on autopilot. I know now when I go in the kitchen, if I turn the stove on, I have to tell Google, remind me in 15 minutes to make sure to turn the stove off. And because otherwise I'll leave it on. And, uh, and I thought I got to thinking about this and I was like, you know, if we can do this for everyday life, why can't we do it for business? And, and so it's like this light bulb went off and that became my why, because I was like, oh my gosh, if I can do this with my regular life, why can't we do it for business? And I was doing this little like side hustle at the time, right? Like everybody was, right? I had a blog and I was trying to get some affiliate commission through uh, links on the blog and stuff like that. Well, when I had the stroke, I couldn't write anymore. Like Mm. I could hardly talk, let alone write anymore. So I had to figure out, I was like, okay, I'm either going to lose this or I'm going to figure out how to outsource it. And so that's what we did. Um, I decided, okay, I know I only have a finite amount of time left. So what do I want to share with the world? And so I literally started downloading all the things that I had learned in my brain in videos. And then we just started systematizing everything. And it got to the point where I could literally take a video and hand it off to another person and they could duplicate the task exactly as if I had done it myself. Wow. Yeah, it worked really well. We really didn't think it was going to work. But uh, so my friends are like, holy crap, this is amazing. Can you teach me how to do this? Um, And so we did, we started using their business processes and we started breaking them down and we're like, holy crap, this works. (laughs) And so um, my friends are like, this is amazing. You have to like teach a course and you know, you you gotta, you gotta do this. So we did, we recorded a course and we launched into the world and it worked really well. Uh, But the feedback that we got was Michelle, that's awesome. That's your superpower. You're really good at automation and, and delegation. I don't want to learn that skill set. Can I just hire you to do it? (laughs) And I was like, no, no, you can't. (laughs) And um, part of the reason was uh, with the brain injury, I only get about two or three hours a day, good hours a day. And so I thought there's no way I can take on somebody else's business tasks. And, you know, what happens if I drop them? I don't want to, I don't want to fail that person. They're counting on me. And so my friends kept poking me and they're like, Michelle, you're really good at this. Just try. If you fall flat on your face, we're not going to hold you responsible. I was like, good friends. Right. Right? I know. Right. And they're even like my business friends too. Like they're my colleagues and I have a really good support group. I got very, very lucky. And so we did, we tried it with my friend, two of my friends, Sherry and Wendy. And um, I'll be darned if it didn't work just a little too well. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so we're like, 
All right, we got something here. And so we had been able to basically systemize everything in their um, in, in their business and we either handed it off to a piece of software or we handed it off to a virtual assistant. And so we got them back like 40 hours a week that they weren't, they didn't have to do anymore. Amazing. And uh, they're like, Michelle, you, you got to do this as a business. And I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I thought, so I thought, all right, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it for a reason. Right. And so it wasn't about the money, right? Because I, I, to this day, I don't know how long I have. I could have a stroke tomorrow. So I thought, all right, I am going to leave a legacy. And what do I want that legacy to be? And so I decided that I wanted to not only teach business owners how to very simply systematize things to get them off their plate, but on the flip side, the staff that I hired, I wanted to break the cycle of poverty. And so I picked the Philippines for a couple of reasons. Um, and so now it's so cool because I can tell you story after story after story of every one of my employees. And they're like, Miss Michelle, because you were able to pay us so well, I was able to, during the last tsunami, go into our church and I just paid for food for everybody. And Miss Michelle, because you paid me so well, I was at university and half of my students couldn't afford to pay for Adobe. And so I just paid for it for them. Like, it, because they're such giving people that we literally are changing the world. And so I say that uh, this business was completely built on accident from a stroke. Michelle, I have goosebumps all over. We've got to have you back on the show and we have to unpack. Firstly, we're going to unpack the power of community, having the right person call you at the right time. We're going to have your friends as guests on the show, how to counsel someone who feels like they're staring at the end of their lives in the face. I mean, that is an episode on its own. But to be true to what I called you here today, and you've already started with it, this concept of automating business. And as a small business owner myself, I mean, I was so intrigued by it because I feel like I need a virtual assistant for every part of my life so that I can actually get back to doing the reason that I started this business. Right. What is the fool's guide to automating your life? Where does one start? How do you change the way you think about it? Uh, What are the first steps that we should take to automating our life as a business owner or just life in general? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I get this question all the time. So I actually created um, something that I'd love to give your audience for free if you're if you're okay with it. Um, We're all about the free stuff. Thank you. All right, awesome. Okay, <laughs> so all you have to do is go to awesomeoutsourcing.com slash task, T-A-S-K hyphen, I think it's a hyphen, the, the one in the middle, discovery. And in there, you will find just a very simple Excel spreadsheet and three videos. What I do in those three videos is I basically get you to shift the way you're thinking about how you're doing a task. And so what we do is on that Excel spreadsheet, we're going to take inventory of every single thing that we do for a whole week. And then we're going to ask ourselves, okay, is there a piece of software that can do this for me and get it like 80%? Like, it doesn't have to be 100%. Can we get it 80%? Yeah. Right. Then if a piece of software can't do it, do I specifically have to do it myself or could I delegate it to someone else? Okay. So like, for example, 
this podcast right here. Nobody else can do this. I have to do this myself, right? Yep. But on the back end, when we go to promote it, I'm not going to do any of the promotion for this podcast. My team's going to do all of it. We're going to send me your team. Please send me your team. Yeah, sure. No problem. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the other, there's another cool little tool I'm going to tell you about that is actually going to do part of it for you. So when I do my podcast, I use a combination of software and um, virtual assistants. And so what I do is, are you familiar with Zapier? Heard of it, but I haven't used it. Okay. So there are these cool things called Zap that do awesome things. So what it'll do is it'll literally take the Zoom episode, it will grab it, and let's say you want to transcribe it because you want to put it on your website so that you get all the SEO for your blog. Right. right? It will send it to either um, Rev, Otter, Sonics.ai. Sonics is the one that I use. Um, It doesn't matter which one. And and it will literally take that Zoom and automatically start transcribing it. You don't even have to touch it, right? Does it automatically for you. Then it's going to send an email and say, hey, it's done transcribing. So now my team can go in because Sonics gets it about 90%, right? We still need a human to go in and kind of polish it. Yes. So then my team can go in, they'll listen to the episode, polish it, grab it, and put it on the website. Amazing. Okay, so now we've got a blog post from it. Next, we need the actual episode itself, right? Well, Zapier, right, is going to grab that again, and it's going to put it in a Google Doc, uh, a Google Drive. It will then send an email to my podcast editor and say, hey, Habigat, there's a new episode in here for you to edit. So then Habigat will go in, he'll grab it. We're going to use a very simple piece of software called Audacity, Yeah. right? So we're just going to put our intro and our outro on. We're not going to bother leveling it, right? Because there's a piece of software that can do that amazingly, right? So he's just going to go through and clean it up real quick. Then we're going to load it into a program called Aphonics. And Aphonics is very inexpensive for what it does. It's maybe a dollar an episode, maybe. And what it does is it makes it radio quality, like it sounds like ESPN made that thing Come <laughs> and it on. does it automatically. I swear to you, it's awesome. Right. Wow. So then we're going to take that. So we have our video and um, Habigat's also going to make show notes, right? So he's going to put like three sentences, our bullet points, our social media, all our links, all that good fun stuff. Then I'm going to, this is going to blow your mind. We're going to put it on a Facebook page. And the reason we put it on a Facebook page is there's another piece of software called repurpose.io. And what this does is repurpose then grabs that episode. It's going to push it to LinkedIn. It's going to push it to Libsyn. It's going to push it to YouTube. It's going to push it all those places. And guess what? Since we already put our cover art and our show notes in there, Repurpose will put our show notes on Libsyn. It's going to put our show notes in YouTube, everything, our hashtags, everything. It's already done. And so literally everything is done and we had a piece of software do it with a little bit of human interaction. Now, because it's on a Facebook page, when I want to now advertise that, all I have to do is have my team go in and click boost click the little boost button and we put a dollar towards it for seven, seven days. And we don't even, we're going to put our target audience in there, right? But we're not going to ask them to do anything. That's the trick with Facebook ads. As soon as you put a call to action, they hugely throttle your, um, your views and how much it costs you. So if you just put a dollar a day in there, you can literally reach 
6,000 people that will, it'll, it'll get in front of 6,000 people because you're not asking them to do anything. You're just providing video content. And then if they start listening to that, guess what? Facebook's algorithm says, oh, hey, they like this. Let's give them some more of Michelle's stuff. And so for seven bucks, we're able to get it in front of a ton of people. We get a ton of traction. We get a bunch of downloads and we didn't have to do hardly anything. Michelle, I'm gobsmacked and I feel like a total idiot right now because you've just described my whole process of one month and it seems like it's taken you two hours to do what I would take an entire month to do. Well, keep in mind, it took me a year to build that, right? So okay. thank you for But now I just kind. give you the answers so you can go do it. <laughs> and if I haven't done anything by next week, then you know I'm really on the other end of the Luddite scale. <laughs> so maybe to that point, because this is all phenomenal stuff. Conceptually, I think there are a lot of us who are still in our own heads with how we think things need to work. So what would be the final push to for people who have like a maybe a an emotional or a psychological and mental barrier to completely automating or digitizing their life? What would be that final, come on, let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. So I would, I would have to say I was that person because before I had a stroke, nobody could do the task as good as I could. Right. And I didn't trust anybody. Absolutely. To do the task as good because it was my baby and right. I worked really hard for that baby. Right. Yeah. And I wasn't going to let somebody just go off and kill my baby. Totally. Right? Totally. Yeah. So, um, and so what I, what I tell people all the time is if you can just take baby steps, just dip your toes in the water, right? Everything I just told you about a podcast episode that probably like blew your mind because that was <laughs> probably like 15 steps, right? Just start with one, right? If you can just set up a zap, to take your Zoom to a Google Drive. That's one less step that you have to do. Amazing. Over, you know, 30 episodes. So it only takes 10 minutes to do it. Well, guess what? That's what, I don't know. I'm really bad at math now. Um, (laughs) 10 times 30 is 300 minutes. What is that? Like three hours. That's three hours of your life you got back. And because you set up one. And the cool part is, your first five zaps are free. It doesn't even cost you anything. This is like free. Um, and so to go back to your question, sorry, because I went down a little rabbit no, trail. No, that was a great rabbit hole. Thanks. Um, if you can just take that, that um, Excel spreadsheet that I was just telling you about and inventory what you do for a week, right? And then ask yourself, um, I say this all the time, 90% is better than 100%. And people go, what? And I'm like, (laughs) okay, let's think about this. If I can get another human or a piece of software to get it to be 90% of if I had done it myself, that's good enough. So the graphic didn't get shifted two degrees this way on your social media. Who cares? Your branding still got out there, Right. right? And if we're honest with ourselves the branding's not getting done anyway because we don't have the time. True. And so we think in our brains, one day I'm going to get to that. Yeah. And, it, and yeah. it's going to be perfect and it's going to be awesome. And so you have to give yourself permission to not be perfect. Mm. And I you need to say that again. You need to say that again. You have to give yourself the permission 
to not be perfect. And so once you do that, it's amazing the just weight that gets taken off of you. And when you say to somebody else, it's okay for you to help me because if you help me with these things, then I can spend my time doing what I started my business for and what I'm really good at. And then you're able to help people. And so if you look at it from that way, by you doing all the tasks yourself, you're really doing a disservice to your community because you're not helping as many people as you could be. You've nailed it 100% on the head. I mean, you've spoken to me, you've, <laughs> you, you've challenged me, you've poked me and um, you've just shone a light on, I think, something that so many of us with who start a business struggle with because it is it's personal for us it's our baby but in in real life example I haven't been able to do the social media content calendar because I'm waiting for that one day to get the branding and the CI 100% right so guess what's happened a week and a half has gone by without a single post so nobody's seeing the brand at all you're right so nobody's seeing an imperfect brand but nobody's seeing a brand at all right now period exactly (laughs) nobody's seeing anything (laughs) nothing nothing so i think that that's such a powerful perspective and it's shifted so many things and i'll put i'll put the link in the show notes because i definitely think people need to go and check this out so as we transition uh, to the end of the podcast and i'm really sad that we have to wrap it up but this is a part of the show called rapid fire I throw some questions at you and you just answer the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. A book that's changed the way you think about work. Work the System by Sam Carpenter. A gadget or app that helps you work smarter. Okay, you've already given us three, but... (laughs) Google Home all day long. (laughs) Your advice to your younger self. Don't be so hard on yourself. You don't have to be perfect. Three things that keep you centered. My dog, my family, and my mission. One thing you do to overcome distraction. I remove my cell phone from the room that I'm working in. Mm, Powerful. How do you not thinking? Yep. Yep. Can't see it. Can't distract me. How do you keep your soul in check? I have a morning routine where every morning I listen to a half hour of thankfulness. And um, then I usually have a cup of coffee and I just am thankful for my day. Beautiful. Your advice to younger working women. You don't have to take over the world in a day. If you can just get 1% better every day, just 1%, you will see phenomenal growth. Just 1% better every day. I like that. Your advice to senior women leaders. Enjoy your legacy. You are building your legacy at that point in your career. Enjoy every second of it. Beautiful. Michelle Thompson, where can people get hold of you? Where can they follow you? Um, if they wanted to find out more, where can they approach you? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the best place to find out about us uh, and our mission is just awesomeoutsourcing.com. And then you can find me hanging out on Facebook. Uh, so if you go to Facebook and you just type in Awesome Outsourcing, our group will come up and you can just send me a Facebook message from there. Your business is very appropriately named and what you're doing for the world of automation and outsourcing is simply awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. Your story has encouraged and inspired me and I know that it will do the same for so many of our listeners. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Nobody wakes up thinking, how can I create boring content today? Give your brand a fresh new voice with Audio Dacious. For podcasting, voiceovers, audio content, script writing, and content strategy, check out audiodacious.com. I feel ready to automate my entire work life. Now, if I could just get a virtual assistant to set the plan in place for me, right? <laughs> One thing I'd never want to automate is answering your questions. I simply love that. Today's listener question is a very short one. It's from Lee in Cape Town and she asks, where can I find past episodes of your podcast? Lee, I know we've answered you directly, but for anyone else who's wondering, you can now go to our new site, hungrywomenatwork.com and find past episodes, blogs and other interesting tips all in one place. That's it. So check out HungryWomenAtWork.com and also share this episode with a friend who might need some automation in their life. Please remember to subscribe to Hungry Women at Work wherever you listen so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for tuning in today. Till next time, keep thriving at work without losing your soul.